Hi, I'm Stuart Spinks and welcome to episode 198 of my podcast, Beekeeping Short and Sweet. Exciting news this week, so much so I don't really know where to start. I need more bees, more hives and more room. Listen in to hear how our season has hit a fork in the road and I've decided to say yes to the opportunity and further develop my honey production business. Beekeeping Short and Sweet, a beekeeping podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span. A beekeeper, in fact, just like me. I'm delighted to say that our podcast is now sponsored in part by Simon the Beekeeper. Making beekeeping an affordable hobby for everyone, Simon the Beekeeper provides the best value beekeeping equipment possible, along with a super fast delivery service. The bees won't wait, so their customers don't have to either. Visit the website at www.simonthebeekeeper.co.uk. Hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast. It's been something of a bittersweet week for me this week. My last podcast was almost delivered via the dentist's chair, as I received a call inviting me to attend a cancelled appointment last Friday, which obviously I jumped at. Too many sleepless nights, far too many sleepless nights. Tooth pain driving me to distraction, and no idea of where it was going to end really. So, I published my podcast last week and then scampered off to the dentist, only to find that my tooth pain completely disappeared and I sat in his chair feeling like a complete fraud. It was almost embarrassing. Nothing he could do really but to send me home and wait for something to happen. One week later, I'm still waiting. A bit of a dull ache but no real pain so I'm nervously waiting for something to trigger off another bout of painful toothache and back we go. I keep popping the pills as they say because it does hurt but not so much as to send me back to the dentist but anyway we'll see where we go with that. We've had some very variable weather this week fluctuating between mild frosts if that's a thing. Frosty, but not so difficult to scrape off the windscreen, if you know what I mean. Sometimes it freezes so hard that it takes a real effort to scrape it off the truck. But this was just a simple job, really. At the other end of the spectrum, we had almost spring-like conditions of around 14 degrees Celsius. That's around 58 degrees Fahrenheit. I popped over to the apiary at the fishing lakes to take a look at the food situation, particularly on those nukes that we fed, And the last checks found some of those to be very light. And I was a little concerned that they may be dwindling in size so as not to be able to survive any cold snap. The milder weather has really given them a boost. All of the nukes that I was particularly concerned about had a healthy hole in the middle of the fondant. And you could see the bees easily feeding actively on those fondant bags or certainly within the fondant bags. And it's such a relief to see. One or two have almost come to the end of that fondant and so we'll need to put another bag on them next week. So that's a kilo of fondant in roughly two weeks for those nukes. It's been quite blustery of late too and I really like that around apiaries actually. Dry weather and a good blow really helps to freshen up the internal conditions of the hives I think. 
I see it as helping to reduce the condensation by replacing that moist air around the cluster with some drier air. It's been warm enough for the bees to break cluster and get out on cleansing flights, but also with the snowdrops, the winter aconite, and the hazel in full flower, there's been quite a lot of pollen coming back into the hives as well, and that's perfect. There's obviously still a long way to go until we're into the warmer, safer weather conditions of spring, but things are shaping up quite nicely. Let's just hope I haven't hexed the whole thing by saying that. In other news this week, and before I get on to the real news about expanding the business, I had a visit from some fellow beekeepers this week, all the way from America. Karen and her son William were visiting the UK for a family event and took time out to come over to Norwich to say hello and have a whistle-stop tour of a couple of apiaries over at the fishing lakes, where I received my first sting of the new year. Not so pleasant. But after lunch, I put on my tour guide hat and dragged them over to see our beautiful cathedral. Apparently, William's head teacher at his school had said he should make the trip partially educational at times, and so I like to think that I helped him tick that box. Karen and William, it was a pleasure to see you, and thank you so much for bringing a sample of your honey. I had some on my toast this morning, and it was absolutely delicious. I'm sure most of you are familiar with the anecdote of waiting for hours for a bus to arrive, and then two turn up at once. Well, it seems borage pollination falls into the same category. That said, I like to think that I've created my own good luck with this because I've been working on a new website to encourage farmers to get in touch if they need pollination services. More about that another time perhaps. But right now, we've been really busy in the background and I felt that this moment is the right time to share some of what I've been up to for the past few weeks and it has a massive knock-on effect for everything that we're trying to do. You're probably familiar with the fact that last season we got ourselves onto a borage crop for the first time, but not before we'd made the decision to sell a bunch of nukes, which depleted our stock somewhat. The impact of that meant that we didn't have enough full-size production colonies to take to the borage and maximise a honey crop from it. Having discussed this year's situation with the farmer late last year, he decided that he was going to sow more borage and we were anticipating around 140 acres. So we needed to up our game just a little and create a few more colonies for this season because he also had a small increase in pumpkins planned. Fast forward to January and I popped down to see the farmer on a planned visit to take a look at the fields that were being targeted for borage and look for discrete locations to site our beehives. On arrival, Steph and I were invited into the office to have a look at the proposed locations. And as we talked to the farmer, he just happened to throw into the conversation that there was going to be 200 acres of borage, not the 140 acres I'd previously been advised about. Also, the 10 acres of pumpkins had grown to 50 acres of pumpkins, and we were anticipating putting one colony per acre of borage and around one colony per acre and a half for the pumpkins. My anticipated colony requirements for 140 for the borage and maybe seven or eight for the pumpkins had suddenly shot up to 200 for the borage and something like 35 for the pumpkins. Now that's some increase. Just as an aside, I sometimes lose track of the updates that I've shared with you all, so please excuse me if I've already covered the next bit. 
I had already anticipated that an increase was going to be required, and given the lack of readiness last season, I decided to buy 50 colonies from a fellow bee farmer who is downsizing. These additional colonies have now become really important to me. All of this news has also given me a new direction in which to share my beekeeping journey with you all. I still intend recording and sharing the how-to videos, but a new series of videos will come out showing this new change in direction and increase in colonies. But that's not the only news. I mentioned the new website promoting our services as a pollination provider. Well, we got a hit almost immediately. I've not only increased the original farm acreage, but we've agreed to take on an additional farm with a further 100 acres of borage. That's another 100 colonies to add to the logistics list. All in all, and taking into account a few other crops that we've been asked to pollinate, I'm now in a position of needing something like 400 colonies for the summer flow, and we're going to have a starting point of around 120. Now this could be the most fantastic season of beekeeping fun ever, or it could all come crashing down around me. That said, we're optimists, right? What could possibly go wrong? but wait a minute, I hear you say, where are you going to put all these splits and additional colonies? Good question, and I'm glad you asked. With business plan in hand, I've managed to secure a bank loan to allow me to purchase what should be enough equipment to see us grow and develop from a small honey production outfit to, well, something significantly bigger. To put it into context, I already have a small mountain of spare equipment, that I've been wanting to get bees into for some time, and that's going to be our starting point. Commercial brood boxes and a certain amount of spare honey pour hives. Those will take up the immediate growth in the spring. This will be followed up by some new hives that I've not encountered before, and these are called Technoset hives. There's going to be lots of videos coming up as we get to grips with these and kind of work our way around them. And I'm certain I'm going to make some mistakes along the way. But that's all part of the beekeeping journey, isn't it? And I'll share all of that with you. As you know, we took on a small commercial unit almost two years ago to develop and grow a little. Well, that's just not going to work anymore. So I've managed to get permission for the short-term use of a grain store to keep all of this new equipment in while we sort through it and get ready for it to go out to the apiaries. When I say new equipment, the vast majority of it is second-hand and in need of some TLC. We will have to check everything over and maybe give the wooden parts a scorch and the polyhives a quick clean, but I know the beekeeper who's selling it to us and I trust his work ethic and integrated pest management systems, so I'm as confident as I can be that we're getting clean kit. To put all of this into context, we're getting around 240 complete hives without bees and 50 hives with bees. All of these will be in Langstroths and include feeders and with some of the hives, we'll also be getting pollen traps, which is going to be another new direction for us. Add to this around 800 honey boxes and it's going to be a mammoth task getting ready for the new season. I'm actually in the process of trying to organise a very large lorry to collect the equipment for us. I really can't see myself going down to Essex multiple times to load up the trailer, even with the new extra-large beast that we have. It's going to be far easier to get it moved in one hit. 
once we have it in place, we can work through it in a methodical way, set everything up and begin the process of getting wax into frames, ready to begin the task of splitting colonies in the spring. We need to do that to have sufficient numbers for the summer honey flow. And here we run into another fork in the road, the honey room setup. If you've followed my videos and podcasts for a while, you'll be familiar with the different stages we've grown through over the years, from the three meter square extraction room in the back of the garage to our current setup at the unit here in Norwich. I think the extraction room itself is perfectly big enough for us to cope, at least for the coming season and possibly beyond. But what we do need to do is to sort out the flow of work through the unit from the point that the honey boxes come in to be stored before going through the extraction room and back out again. We just don't have the room to store hundreds of wet honey boxes here in Norwich. One of the major considerations for me is how much time it's going to take to extract the honey. And this brings another challenge. As soon as the boxes come off the hives, they're going to start cooling. And as honey cools, it becomes more viscous, making it harder and harder to extract from the comb. My plan is to build a warming room outside the extraction room where we can store full boxes of honey for maybe a day or so as we work through the crop. It will have to be a simple affair this year, so I'm already speaking to bee farmer colleagues to see what they use and how it works for them. But basically, it's going to be a well-insulated room with a door to keep the heat in, with some form of heater and fan combination to bring the temperature up to something like 36 or 37 degrees Celsius. That's around 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Enough to keep the honey very liquid, but not so hot that it causes any damage. Left overnight, I think that it will help us get the best possible extraction and also make it a bit quicker when we do get that extractor spinning. On the subject of extractors, I think I'm going to have to invest in another one. At least I hope I'm going to have to invest in another one. My extraction process starts with weighing the boxes. Then I use either the honey pour slit uncapper or a cold serrated knife to uncap them. The cold serrated knife is much like a bread knife. And we remove all of the wax cappings before the frame then goes into the extractor. Currently, we only have a 20 frame radial extractor, but I'm thinking an upgrade in size as an addition might be needed. But it will be two extractors regardless of capacity so that when one is full and is extracting we can continue to uncap and load up the second extractor ready to get that started once the first one is finished. We have the sump and pump as you've probably seen so actually there's probably not a great deal more we need to invest in to get the honey out of the frames just as well, because I don't think the bank manager will be so welcoming if I have to go back with cap in hand. So there it is, my exciting and quite scary plans for the coming season in all their glory. I'm really looking forward to sharing our journey with you this year. I'm sure there'll be some highs and lows, but we'll deal with them as they arise. I've got lots more things to consider as we grow, but I am excited to see how things will work out. And of course, we'll see who we can help along the way. I'm off to collect some bees to test for Nasima now, so I'll catch up with you all again next time. And remember, I'm Stuart Spinks, and that was beekeeping short and sweet. Bye.